Well, hello, and welcome to the iFormerX podcast, where we explore the evidence that informs ambulatory care pharmacy practice. This is Stuart Haynes, the editor-in-chief of iFormerX and the host of this podcast. iFormerX is supported by many, many volunteers who give their time and talent to make this community of practice possible. So thanks for joining us today. Over the years, we've posted a number of commentaries about the potential benefits of combination products and polypills, formulations that include several drugs from different classes to address one or more cardiovascular risk factors. To date, nearly all of these studies have been conducted in developing countries where drug cost is a major factor, and being able to deliver a combination product that can address cardiovascular risk is potentially beneficial. And indeed, the data to date has been largely positive. But many of us in developed countries have shied away from multi-component combination products, products containing three or more drugs, due to concerns about adverse effects and the inability to titrate the individual component parts. Yes, combination products with two drugs from complementary therapeutic classes are commonly used, but products with three or four constituents are very uncommon in developed countries. So it was with some degree of intrigue and perhaps skepticism that I read the Quartet study, a randomized control trial conducted in Australia, published in fall 2021 in The Lancet. And here to tell us about the Quartet study and its implications in practice are Aaron Connolly and Laura Varnum from Rhode Island Hospital, which is part of the Lifespan Network. Dr. Conley is a PGY2 ambulatory care pharmacy practice resident, and Dr. Varnum is a clinical pharmacist who practices in gastroenterology and rheumatology. Aaron and Laura, it's great to have you as first-time contributors. Welcome. Good morning, Stuart. So excited to be here. Thanks. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. So, Laura, before we get started, I'm wondering if we can start off with a brief discussion about the use of combination products in the treatment of hypertension, some of the evidence that supports the use of combination products and the potential benefits, as well as some of the problems and concerns of using combination products. Absolutely. Uh, First, let's look at the ACC AHA hypertension guidelines and discuss where combination therapy, not necessarily the use of combination products, but utilizing multiple antihypertensive agents falls into care. Initial monotherapy with a preferred drug class is recommended for patients with stage 1 hypertension. For many patients at stage 2 hypertension, the guidelines recommend they should be started on two drugs right away. In any patient, whether they are started on monotherapy or dual therapy, it is acknowledged across the literature and within the guidelines that most patients are going to require combination therapy to get them to their goal blood pressure. This is in large part because of the synergistic blood pressure lowering effect we see when multiple agents are used. We also know that most adults with hypertension in the U.S. are considered uncontrolled. A great proportion of adults with hypertension in this country are also being treated with monotherapy. Given that the majority of adults are uncontrolled, a significant proportion of those people would benefit from and should be on more than one agent. But despite what the guidelines say, this isn't the case. So our initial point here is that combination therapy is often needed and often not being used. 
Current combination products that exist in the U.S. market contain what are considered full doses of different classes of blood pressure medications. These combination products are widely available, but are often seen as an adherence tool by reducing the number of tablets that a patient takes daily. Depending on formulary status, one copay versus two could also save a patient money. These concepts are important. Pill burden is a major reason for medication non-adherence, and combination tablets can combat this. That being said, it is important that we don't limit combination products to just being an adherence tool. There is a limited body of literature out there that looks at low-dose antihypertensive combination products as an initial treatment method of high blood pressure. These results have alluded to this low-dose combination therapy approach being successful and with a limited adverse effect profile. However, the utility of that data has been limited due to small trial sizes, unblinded study protocols, and short-term follow-up. The concept, however, is attractive. We start to think about combination tablets outside of that quote-unquote adherence tool lens that they are typically seen. This synergistic, low-dose approach could achieve blood pressure goal at overall lower doses, potentially lessening the risk of adverse events. An attractive concept and one that could potentially make a major difference in combating clinical and therapeutic inertia, bringing patients to goal faster and still safely. Stepping away from the hypothetical low-dose combination tablet approach, it's important to highlight some common perceptions around the combination tablets that we currently have on the market. The approach being discussed is again hypothetically attractive, but would likely come from some of these concerns. If you start a patient on two drugs and they develop an adverse effect, it could be hard to pinpoint where it's from. We also know that hypertension treatment and getting patients to goal involves frequent in-person follow-up, monitoring, and adjustments. Making dose or medication adjustments for patients on combination tablets can be tricky as well. This all brings us to the current situation. Combination therapy is necessary, but underused. Combination tablets are available, but again, underused. Both of those being said, initial low-dose combination therapy is a novel concept that might simplify hypertension treatment. Aaron, uh, thanks so much for reviewing the study, the Quartet study, which is officially titled Initial Treatment with a Single Pill Containing Quadruple Combination of Quarter Doses of blood pressure medicines versus standard dose monotherapy in patients with hypertension, quartet, a phase three randomized double-blind active control trial. And that's a mouthful for a very long title. And this trial was published in Lancet, as I mentioned, in September 2021. Uh, And I hope that everyone in our audience will read this paper for themselves. And we provide a link to the paper on the iPharmRx website but can you give us a brief summary of the study methods and its key results? The quartet trial aimed to assess low-dose quad pill therapy as an alternate hypertension management strategy. This was a multi-center, parallel group, active control, double-blind, randomized phase three clinical trial based out of Australia. The low-dose quad pill therapy being studied was made up of what are considered quarter standard doses of herbisartan, amlodipine, indepamide, and bisoprolol. As I mentioned, each medication is at a quarter standard dose of what the investigators deemed the typical dose seen in Australia. These four drugs were chosen because they are commonly used in Australia and also due to the simplicity of once daily dosing. The quad pill was studied against herbisartan at a dose of 150 mg once daily. 
591 patients were recruited to the study. All patients had study follow-up at 6 and 12 weeks to study the primary outcome, which was mean systolic blood pressure difference between study groups at that 12-week mark. A subgroup extension was then followed at 6 and 12 months to assess long-term safety and efficacy data. Blood pressure was assessed at each office visit using an automatic blood pressure cuff, first attended and then unattended, meaning the person taking the blood pressure left the room. Blood pressure goal was defined as anything under 140 over 90 millimeters of mercury. Additional antihypertensive medications could be added at any visit if the patient was above goal, starting with amlodipine 5 milligrams daily and then at provider discretion. Patients in the interventional quad pill group had significantly lower blood pressure at 12 weeks. The mean unattended systolic difference in blood pressure was 6.9 millimeters of mercury. This correlates with an average blood pressure of 120 over 71 in the interventional group and 127 over 79 in the control group. Those in the control group also had a higher incidence of additional antihypertensive drugs needing to be added on, most requiring escalation past the protocol's standardized addition of amlodipine 5 mg daily. Similar outcomes were seen at the 12-month mark in the sub-analysis. Safety and tolerability data were similar in both groups, but the subgroup was not adequately powered to assess a meaningful difference, and this was related to the study needing to be cut a little bit short due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So, Laura, I think every study has strengths and weaknesses, and I, I think it's pretty easy to set up a trial like this so that it would favor one treatment approach versus another. Do you have any concerns about the design and conduct of the study? And what about potential confounders and other variables that may have impacted the results of the study? Results can always be influenced, but I believe the investigators did due diligence here in making sure the study design was strong and unbiased, especially when they needed to do so in a way that ensured patients were equipped to achieve blood pressure goal if the assigned treatment arm alone was not enough. It was well reported within the study that the results we are assessing are in the context of the assigned treatment arm plus other medications being added. More patients in the control group needed additional medication, which in the end does emphasize the interventional benefit and does not detract from the study goal. The standardized addition of amlodipine 5 milligrams as primary adjunct therapy assisted in limiting confounders. And otherwise, the study was blinded, has a large patient population, and an active standard of care comparator, all which strengthened the study's validity. All that aside, there are also notable limitations. These results are very hard to generalize. The patient population was primarily Caucasian males with normal renal function. And also, as Erin had mentioned, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the study ended recruitment early. The primary outcome was adequately powered, but it is important to note that the secondary safety outcomes were not. Finally, Although the study period allows for adequate assessment of primary safety and tolerability outcomes, cardiovascular outcomes could not be assessed within a short period of time. Blood pressure lowering is often used as a surrogate for reduction in cardiovascular events. While this link has been proven in the literature, it has not been directly studied using low-dose combination therapy, and we cannot definitively claim that the blood pressure-lowering benefit seen with the quad pill therapy would result in cardiovascular benefits as well. So Erin, what's the bottom line? This study clearly demonstrated a potential benefit for taking a multi-drug combination product treatment approach, 
And it had some benefits in terms of getting people to their goal quicker, and the percentage of patients who were at their goal blood pressure was greater at each of time points within the study. Should we routinely adopt this approach? It seems to be a well-tolerated approach, and it certainly would simplify the treatment of hypertension, requiring far fewer patient visits in order to uptitrate meds. What do you see are the pros and cons of this approach? And would you recommend this approach to your health system if the pill was available? Would you give it favorable formulary status? I think if we take these results at face value, they appear attractive. Utilization of an antihypertensive quad pill could combat some of the problems we started to touch upon at the beginning of the podcast. Most adults in the United States with high blood pressure are uncontrolled, and a high proportion are on antihypertensive monotherapy when we do know that a synergistic benefit of adding another agent likely would be able to bring them to their goal. So this is a conundrum that we're currently already in and we should be looking for a solution to. When I see the results of this trial, the fact that initial utilization of this low-dose quad pill drug versus what's considered standard monotherapy having a more substantial blood pressure lowering effect, on top of the fact that those in the quad pill group require less additional medications to get to that goal versus the standard of care treatment, both of those things are intriguing to me. If these results continue to hold up in other trials, I would consider utilizing this approach in my own practice setting, but at the current state, I don't think we have that data. We really have to think about the target population here. Like previously mentioned, this study took place in Australia, and the vast majority of those studied were Caucasian men. There is a disproportionate burden of hypertension in minority groups within the United States, the highest proportion being in Black adults. Because only white adults were appropriately represented in this trial, it would be irresponsible to assume that persons of varying racial or ethnic backgrounds would respond similarly to this medication. We definitely need more data with more diverse patients. We also need to think about the fact that treating hypertension is patient-specific, and we make therapy considerations based on comorbidity. So it should be said that certain drugs at full doses have proven benefit depending on patient comorbidity. For example, it's independently recommended that patients with albuminuria are on a RAS inhibitor for renal protective benefit. Or say we have a patient with heart failure, we need to follow guideline-directed medical therapy, and this wouldn't be applicable for those patients either. That all being said, if I had a white patient with essential hypertension and no treatment influencing comorbidities, I would consider starting them on this low-dose quad pill as initial treatment with the hope that it brings my patient to blood pressure goal faster and with less medications needing to be added on in the future. This could reduce burden on the patient and on the clinic, cutting the number of visits needed for the patient to come in to add, titrate, or monitor the addition of additional medications. It is simple for the patient, it reduces pill burden, and it would hopefully help with adherence as well. Now you ask whether if it were available, I would give this drug favorable formulary status within my institution. That's a really good question, so I'd have to say no. Uh, For context, I practice in a hypertension clinic in Providence, Rhode Island. The majority of patients that I work with in this space are Black or non-white Hispanic or really just in short not represented within this trial. But I sincerely hope that we get more data because I wish that I could use something like this. Many of my patients work during my clinic hours, rely on unreliable public transportation to get them to their appointments, and many are also not English-speaking. 
All of these factors plus many more make it incredibly difficult for my patients to navigate the healthcare system, especially in the context of being in a blood pressure clinic which requires fairly frequent visits, lab monitoring, and medication changes and additions to get somebody to their goal. So having this kind of therapy available would be really great. But where I currently practice with the data available, no, I unfortunately can't. But I do hope that this trial encourages more investigation into the utilization of polypills in the treatment of hypertension, and I am interested to see how future guidelines are able to tie this information in and perhaps strengthen recommendations that emphasize the use of combination therapy. Well, Laura, Aaron, it was great to have you both here today on the iFormerX podcast, and I want to thank you for reviewing the Quartet study and providing us with an in-depth analysis of the potential role of a quad pill in the initial treatment of hypertension. Well, tell us what you think. Combination products have been around for a long time, and we still seem to favor a single drug approach when it comes to the initial treatment of hypertension and then titrating and adding medications in a stepwise fashion. Should we stick to this tried and true method, one that we've used for over 60 years, or is it time to retire this practice? Remember, only iFormerX members can leave comments. If you are not already a member, be sure to sign up today. Any health professional can become a member of iFormerX. It's free. By the way, if you are a board-certified ambulatory care pharmacist, you can earn board recertification and continuing education credit for listening to this podcast and reading the written commentary on the iFormerX website. It's all part of our partnership with the American Pharmacists Association to offer some of our content as part of their ambulatory care board prep and recertification program, which is available on demand anytime, anywhere. To learn more, just click on the link posted below the commentary on our website. And lastly, I want to extend a very special thank you to Steve Scarlotta at the American Pharmacists Association. Steve is the Senior Manager for Advanced Training at APHA, and he's the behind-the-scenes person who coordinates all the speakers and stitches together all the modules for the APHA's Ambulatory Care Pharmacy Board Prep and Recertification Program. Steve not only produces the Literature Evaluation Series, which features iFormerX content, but he's also responsible for managing a ton of live and online programming. So thank you, Steve, for helping make our content available to new audiences and for helping to advance ambulatory care pharmacy practice. Well, until next time, this is Stuart Haynes, Editor-in-Chief of iFormerX, signing off. Be safe, my friends. Music